0: Hello, Hope? Can you hear me? I Hope, sorry about that. I don't mute myself, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay.
1: Face. Hey, Kevin, how are you?
0: Good, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Good. Sorry for my here. slight delay. I, I was jumping from one Zoom meeting to another. That's how my life is oh. these days. Um, it's good. Yeah, wow. and I don't know if you've had the chance to read it, but um, our last conversation devotional is online right now. So uh, Peace Be Still is literally on our on our homepage if you wanted to take a look at how I captured our conversation. Um,
1: I did. I, I did. Thank you so much for writing the article. It was great.
0: Oh, yeah, no problem. And um, as you know, I also reviewed the record uh, right after we spoke, I believe, last time. Um, So uh, and I had reached out specifically about set three, just almost because that message speaks to me so much. But then I was um, suggested that we maybe start with Promise Keeper as our next conversation, (laughs) which is fine. Um, Which is, you know, again, how my devotional works is it isn't really lined up with singles. I know there is still this sure. thought in, this, in the industry that it's about singles. Um, and maybe that's still true on some levels, but to me, it's really about- I mean, uh, between yeah. you
1: and me, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have no idea I'll,
1: how any of that works.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's funny because there's there's two two parts to being an artist of faith. You know, I think the one is, you know, you want as many people to hear, the art as possible because it has ministry. Um, so sure. therefore, therefore, the traditional methods of distribution, whether that be a YouTube video or a Spotify playlist or whatever, you know, is mm-hmm. one side of that. Um, but, you know, for me and the beauty of, of the way the Lord um, spoke to me to do this uh, song-based you know, devotional ministry based on the scripture, yeah. connect connected to songs. Um, as it turns out, when I was doing that, starting in 2008, it was pre-streaming. Uh, there was no such thing. Um, people were still actually buying CDs, uh, or you or you were still focused on really a physical release date. Um, the release yeah. date actually was two tu- was Tuesday back then, which is why we were called New Release Tuesday, um, and we changed oh, our yeah. name to. I
1: remember that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. So when release dates changed to Friday, um, we owned every domain names. So we owned New Release dot com. We owned. Oh.
2: You know, new
0: Release New Release Monday New Release Wednesday You know whatever. Um, but yeah. rather than um, be focused on the day that an album comes out or whatever, uh, and I, by the way, I actually don't think that serves artists well because what happens is if all of the PR and all of the articles is all really revolving around one date, then you yeah. become yesterday's news, um, and then sure. two years later, two years later, when the third single comes out. Nobody's talking about it anymore, and um, right. so so the so the beauty of what the Lord um, put on my heart was to not have it be based on albums, not have it be based on release dates, not have it be based on a day of the week, but have it just be based on ministry. And um, sure. so for me, when we changed to, to NewReleaseToday.com, it even better fit my methodology. And what then when you we kind of go away, yeah. exactly, and then going away from singles, but instead to just okay, it is two years since the album came out, but this song is really speaking to me right now. Um, I Mm kind of have more that freedom to go back and revisit, but here's what's interesting. You'll find this part interesting two years from now. yeah. There's nobody doing, no one doing press for you anymore two years from now. Um, they, they've already moved yeah, on to whatever next, pro- whatever next project has come out. So you'll have to figure out a way to get in touch with me um, if you want to keep talking <laughs> because what I've found, what I have found is, is press only really cares about your release for about a month, and then they move on. Um, <laughs> and, and what has started to happen in me doing, in me doing this for 13 years is I'm on to my fourth and fifth songs from some albums. Um, right. And only the first and sometimes maybe a second interview gets set up through publicity. All the remaining interviews get done because the the manager or the label and I stay in touch with each other um, in and then
2: yeah
0: exactly and then we set these up so so I just kind of giving you context why I don't ever really care what the next single is yeah. um is sure so there's minutes here, and by the you? way there is
2: yeah, I don't here. care either Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah I, I, I knew
0: that I knew that from our prior have- conversation
1: <laughs> you know now we'll just have we'll have to do a third one so that you can have set yeah. three and then you can just use them whenever you want how about that <laughs> uh
0: yeah well actually you know no, no no to serve to serve you and and the label and and to a lesser extent uh radio um no i actually am fine um with the fact that promise keeper itself also has a lot of ministry to it and by the way i i actually, Took an excerpt of the lyrics of Promise Keeper, in writing oh. about your record. Um, so I think that's oh, a yes, good stepping I off point that. Um, uh-huh. to kind of talk about. In my opinion, kind of, you know, there's kind of a few different yeah. thesis statements in the record, and this one
2: yeah, has a slightly sure. and this different is one of them.
0: statement. Exactly right. Exactly. So the way I phrased it um, was that the you know the thesis statement of the album, you don't have to be afraid, which I hear in both, of course. Uh, Peace Be Still and the closing track um, uh, is referenced uh, and the the album as I then went on to say gives listeners words to sing my way through trials with declarations like you are a promise keeper, your word will never fail (laughs) my heart can trust you Jesus, I won't be overwhelmed. You know and then I revisited um, some aspect of that in some other part of my review. So I actually specifically did highlight that track which is kind of my way of in 500 words or less trying to (laughs) capture what I what what I consider some of the key themes of the record so yeah so with that is almost a stepping off point um you know like you did with with peace be still I don't obviously need your your entire you know journey um to becoming an artist because I've already kind of shared that right yeah so here I'd maybe like to here I'd like to almost dig a little deeper into the song creation of Promise Keeper um,
2: yeah. You I know, love and,
0: that. and personal application from your standpoint, kind of, you know, where have you seen God be a promise keeper in your life and in your ministry? Yes. And then maybe we can yeah. dig a little deeper into how that can minister to others, especially in this time, because clearly we're all very much in need of ministry right now.
1: Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. That's great.
0: Yeah. So, what was the songwriting process? Uh, and story behind the songwriting of Promptupper. Yeah.
1: Cooper. Well, I can't remember if we talked about this before, Kevin, but, you know, when we went in to make the record, we had most of the record written because I've been re- writing for such a long time that when we when we went in to make a record, one of the reasons we felt kind of called, or I felt called to bark on this season was because I actually felt like there were songs that suddenly almost like you just kind of felt like I think these are songs that need to go beyond my little work tapes and my, <laughs> you know, my voice memos. And so we had so much of the record already written that we knew we were missing just a few key elements to the, song, to the record just to kind of obviously make it feel full. We were missing about three songs and we didn't know what those were going to be. And I was really purposeful to keep, the writing team really close, keep it really small with people that I was used to writing with, that I have really great relationship with. It, it wasn't of importance to me to just go pull in, you know, just some huge writer because they're a huge writer. Not because I wouldn't benefit from that because obviously you always benefit from being in the room with someone who's better at the skill set than you are. But it was more because I just really wanted to protect this, Spirit of, I don't want to have to explain who I am as a worship leader and an artist because that can get tricky and trying to explain that, you know, in a hour-long, sure. <laughs> two-hour-long writing session. But there was this yeah. one guy that both Jonathan and I had kept feeling who was not a part of our my writing community that we just kept feeling like his name just kept coming up over and over and over in our conversations. And he's a fantastic songwriter and a worship leader. Um, and his name's Ethan Hulse. And we just felt like mm. Ethan just carried the same spirit that that we carried and wanted in this project. And yet, you know, you still think, well, you can bring someone in and it just doesn't work, right? You don't know that that day it's going to be, that, that's true with whether you're writing with seasoned songwriting teams or not. Um, but we brought Ethan in that day. We, well, I shouldn't say we brought, we asked him if he, <laughs> if he would consider writing with us. And he was very generous and said yes. And so the day that we wrote, it was the first time I'd ever met Ethan. I knew so much about him, felt like I knew him, but I had never worked with him. But Jonathan Smith, my producer, had. And so, you know, we actually just allowed Ethan to kind of hear some of the project and talk through my heart behind the project that, you know, it really was I was interested in making a record that would meet people in the middle of their real lives and be what we were talking about, songs that actually would sing them through a season, songs that they could grab onto and go, I'm in the middle of X, Y, and Z, and this song is breathing the hope and the promises that God, you know, speaks over my situation, and I'm going to literally sing this song like a lifeline. That's that's the whole heart behind the record because that's what I've had to do in my own life. So as we started kind of talking about that, it opened the door for Ethan and Jonathan and I just talking about all the promises that we've really held onto in different seasons and how, you know, when you, it's amazing when there's faith in a room and you start talking about what God has done and how he's been faithful and how he's shown up and, and how he's shown up in ways that you never expected, you know, something happens. And I just think Ethan was the one that at some point just said, man, God's such a promise keeper. You know, and it's a simple line. It's not like it's a a new thought or a new lyric, but it's just the weight of it, I think just hit all three of us in just such a really profound way that day. And Ethan just was kind of strumming on his guitar and he's like, man, it'd be so cool to have a song that just says, like, our God's a promise keeper and his word never fails. And we just begin to kind of hunt around um, that thought. And very quickly, that that chorus, started to take shape of Promise Keeper. And, and then we began to dig into um, the bridge, actually. Surprisingly enough, mm-hmm. the bridge came before the verses. I'm not someone cool. who always writes in consecutive order. I, sure. I really like to be true in the moment. And a lot of times it means that, you know, there's a track going or someone's playing guitar. And we just leave space in the room to just kind of sing what feels natural next. And then we tend to um, kind of go back and shape it maybe into a more traditional form that people can kind of grab onto. But um, that the bridge that, that says, you know, I'll see your goodness in the land of the living. I'll see your goodness right here, right now. I sang that just out, like in the room, like just literally mm. it just came out of my spirit. It wasn't, we didn't sit down and go okay what are the right lyrics and now let's find a melody which I have to say is how I write I, I typically write with hey just play something and I'm actually just going to try to just ask God just just to pour something into my spirit and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't but a lot of times something just comes up it's almost like I, I feel like maybe sometimes what maybe the Psalms. In the bible were were just words came from their soul do you know what i mean like words that they didn't even know they had words that i sometimes don't even know that i have but are promises that have honestly been tucked down deep into the dna of who i am through the years and when that just spilled out of me we were all like well that's the bridge and i remember you know then obviously we pulled from the scripture you know because obviously that's a reference to the scripture that says, you know, um, I'm confident I will see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. Um, mm-hmm. And so very quickly, you know, we kind of were like, well, let's pull off of that. And what are the promises? And that's what the, the all the verses turned into. Um, but I love in the bridge, you know, obviously it's it's slightly different from what the scripture actually says because we, you know, we took some poet, poetic license you know, and I, it was really important to me that the second line of the bridge said, I'll see your goodness right here, right now, because it's mm-hmm. such a declaration. It's actually the position of worship where sometimes we have to go, I'm going to have to prophesy that your promise is here right now, even though I don't see it. You know, our, our whole entire Christianity is built on faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things mm. not seen. Yeah, I, I actually have to have faith that God's goodness is here even long before I see it. And I love that even when you read that scripture, which is based off of, you know, the Joshua going into the promised land with the spies, you know, they both went in and saw the same land. It, it's not like they went and they looked. At two different cities they went into the same city but their spirits saw something different Joshua saw milk and honey and saw the potential of of the promises that God had said are yours and the other saw just giants and adversity adversity and difficulty and potential failure and something in in Joshua was going no I see I actually see God's goodness there even in the land of giants, even in the land of adversity, I still see God's goodness. And I think that is really what is so powerful about that scripture, that it's actually just teaching us, you have to see with your spirit, man, not with, your, not with just your natural eyes. And that's so much of what this song, I think, is in a lot of ways, is going, this is a moment for you to be able to declare something, even if you haven't seen it or to remind yourself God has been faithful. He's never not been faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful. And right now you're having a moment of doubt right now. You're having a moment of disappointment right now. You're walking through a season of a bad report or a bad situation, but that's not your whole story. And that's not, that's not going to be where you land. God's going to, going to show up in the middle of your situation. And I think, one of the hardest things about, as believers, us grabbing onto this thought of God as a promise keeper is we tend to look at that through the lens of that means everything's going to be good then, right? Like if God's going to keep his promises, then everything's going to work out the way that I want it to. But that's not, that's not what we see throughout the history of the Bible. God always is faithful and he always keeps his promises. but almost, every story in the bible that we see the promise is not fulfilled the way we expect jesus didn't even come the way the, the way the the israelites thought he would come they thought he was going to come to some you know huge king that was going to overthrow the government and instead he comes with this as, as the baby and they're like you know they're still right. looking exactly. for the king that's going to overthrow you know all these evil rulers and jesus is like no i I came to give you a freedom that's so much more than what a government can offer. I'm coming to give you eternal life and abundant life. And and so I think there's this thing that I, in my own life, I've had to wrestle this idea down that God's promises only come in a feel-good, look-good package. Oftentimes, God's promises have been fulfilled in my life through the journeys of pain, through the journeys of forgiveness and repentance, through the journeys of failure, and seeing that in my failures, God's met me. And in that place, there's been truth that's come in and arrested what was contrary to the Lord and has realigned my heart or realigned my mind or realigned my situation. That's the goodness of God. You know, there was um, a couple, a couple of years ago, I was in a season that was just, I, it was a season that I thought everything was going good. Does that make sense? Like, everything felt amazing.
2: Yeah. Everything
1: felt wonderful. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's doing good. It felt professionally, like everything was just going great, right? And this one, like, I had this one professional situation that, like, in my mind, was like a shoe-in. like. Everything was, like, just lining up perfectly. And at the very last minute, this this potential, like, professional opportunity that I was convinced was going to happen, it just fell through, like, completely fell through. And the, the people that had the power uh, of making the decision of whether or not it would happen, they just, at the last minute, went in a different direction. And I remember being so devastated and feeling so disappointed and, and honestly feeling really confused feeling like, God, you had made this so clear that this was where we were going. This felt like your hand was on this, that you were fulfilling promises by this thing happening professionally, things I'd been believing for for years. And when it didn't happen, there was so much disappointment in my heart, Kevin. Like, it almost took me out. Like, I started to doubt my calling. I started to doubt if God trusted me I started to doubt if God believed in me I started to doubt if all the things that I thought God had spoken of in my life were even true and it really began to cripple me and shut and shut me down to be honest with you and I remember in that season God began to speak to me and just go hope the level of your disappointment is also revealing the lack of trust that you have in me And the Mm -hmm. lack of trust that you have in my plan for your life. Because what you're ultimately saying is, God, I'm entitled to this promise being fulfilled this way. And anything other than that is failure on your part, which merits my disappointment and lack of trust in your nature. But the reality was God actually was using that moment of me not getting what I wanted. To reveal that there were fractures in my understanding of God's nature. And God was way more interested in making sure that my life and my heart and my mind were being built in such a way that I, I, I ultimately would come to a place of trusting that God is who he says he is and that he never fails and that he never gives, like, goes on back on his word and that every season he is working something together for the good of those that are called according to his purposes and love him. And in that season, what was good for me was the revealing of the disappointment was revealing of the entitlement was revealing of the lack of trust and that being realigned. If I had gotten that professional opportunity, that's one moment. That's just one tiny little moment of my whole life that I would have gotten to do that thing. But God was interested in the totality of my life and how I live my life and how I have my being and how I move and think and breathe because he knows that has a ripple effect on my parenting, on my marriage, on my songwriting, on my worship leading, on my mentoring, on my friendship. He's going, can't you see that this is better? Can't you see that there is more good wrapped up in your momentary disappointment than in me fulfilling your momentary desire? So that's kind of a long story, but I think that- No,
0: I love it. Thank you.
1: It's such a picture that we don't want to talk about a lot of times when we think about the promises of God, right? And so often people experience what feels like a broken promise or is a broken promise, right? We know there are people that they walk through death, they walk through divorce, they walk through sickness, they walk through loss of jobs, they walk through addiction, There's a lot of areas that people walk through trouble and hardship, and it feels like God hasn't kept his promise. But the truth is God isn't finished until he's finished. And and some things we won't understand in totality until we're in eternity. We just won't. But I know the nature of God, and I know that God, he actually does have good wrapped up into every situation for our lives. It's just whether or not we trust his nature enough to only see the giants and the potential of destruction, or that we can see milk and honey even in the midst of the giants and the potential hardships that are in front of us. And it's why the first verse says, you know, your vow is a covenant unbroken. You've made it known through history. Your love has never been unfaithful. It's never walked out on me. Like I was really intentional to write the verse that way because I I wanted to speak to those people who have walked through a situation where covenant's been broken in their lives, where there's been betrayal, where there's been someone that's walked out on them or 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 those that have felt abandoned or have felt unseen. I wanted to remind them like that's your human experience, but that's not who our God is. And we are called to tear tear down thought, take captive thoughts that actually want to rise themselves up against the knowledge of Christ right and sometimes those thoughts are even our own feelings and our own emotions and our own experiences which I think is the hardest to tear down when it's like your real experience and you're in it and you're feeling it and I think God's kind like he's He's such a kind God that he'll come and he'll sit with us in our pain. I don't think he expects us, you know, to just have zero pain and not emotionally walk through those journeys. But at the end of the day, he wants us to know, like, he is who he says he is. We can trust him.
0: Which which the song. Sorry, that was a lot. You um, probably have questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. So I. this is where it's important that I just say some of the things that I'm reacting to you because then that's what helps me write out. A Bible study, yeah. you know, um, m- mixing, <laughs> sure. mixing, mixing your thoughts and my thoughts together, which Love is it. actually part of um, being children Indeed. of God. Like when, when God says one of His promises is um, being a promise keeper, um, that where two yeah. or more gathered in His name, He's there too. And then, you know, what I, one of the things I've been picking up on in 13 years and 1,000 and 40 songs or however many I'm up to at this point um, uh, (laughs) that I've written about is certain themes, right? So the one is this Mm. group of believers gathering, in this case, you and Jonathan and Ethan, gathering in his name Mm. and him being there Mm -hmm. too and his Mm -hmm. spirit Mm -hmm. inspiring truth because what he was doing was giving you the overflow of your heart from the experience you had been through that you just shared about, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. hadn't been through that experience, this song probably right. wouldn't have come out of you. And so oh, he yeah. knew that. He knew he knew the ending before the beginning, as you say in the song. Exactly. And he knew this would be the fruit of that moment versus if you got this thing you thought you wanted, you might not have as much humility or trust or... Uh, a uh, oh, sure. knowledge that He works all yeah. things together for the good of those who love Him. So, awesome. a few other Bible verses yeah. I wanted to share um, about God's goodness, yeah. because that's really what the song is about. Um, okay. Is you already quoted? You already quoted the verse, but I love the voice translation of Romans eight twenty eight. It says, "We are mm. confident that God is able to yes. orchestrate everything to work toward something good and beautiful." Yes. When we love, when we love him and accept his invitation to live according yeah. to his plan, and I feel like that's what Which this that's song is cap- capturing, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think you, you that yeah. scripture is it's really important to to not overlook the very end of that scripture because Correct. there is live there is to actually <laughs> according to his plan. There, there is actually a, hey, all of this is true if you're doing this. Because God is a God who is, I love this, someone said this the other day, God is a God whose invitation is to everyone, right? Mm. So no one, which it says that, the invitation at the top. Um, he is an inclusive God in that the invitation is for everyone. No one, no one is exempt from the invitation. But he's exclusive right. in once you've accepted the invitation there are conditions to the benefits of walking with the father and oftentimes what happens is we all want the invitation but we don't actually want to have to live out the the actual um, what do you call it but live out the actual requirement sorry that's the word I was looking Correct. for
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we want the we want the gift. We want the gift without the without the um. What the giver? um, We don't want to pay the cost. It's it's,
1: I want you to give me the gift for free. And and here's what's funny enough is that the gift of salvation is free. Salvation in and of itself is free. Sanctification is not. Sanctification, and or let me just say this: salvation wasn't free. Jesus paid the price. You and I just get to benefit from the price that he paid. But you and I both were supposed to pay that price. And what where we now get to pay the price is in the actual walking it out with Jesus daily. And so often I think we all have done this. I've, I've accepted the invitation, right? And then yet I have to recognize, like, I'm probably not benefiting from the promise because I haven't lived up to my end of the requirement. And then I'm pointing right. a finger at God. You didn't keep your word. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. When in, in reality, the truth is I didn't keep my word. I didn't actually fulfill living according to all His plans and all His ways. Right? Like that's
2: right.
1: And that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow. Like that doesn't feel good to have to go.
0: Well, so I mean, here's, this, might, here's this another... might
1: actually be on me.
0: Exactly right. And here's a theme I picked up on. I don't often get to write about God's goodness, Um, you know, maybe Mm. every couple of years or so, because I think a lot of, call them newer artists. So if you were trying to write a song like this in your 20s, you really haven't necessarily, you haven't necessarily (laughs) gone through yet the moments that really help you understand what that's actually about and actually as a result you really actually can't in many cases write about it until you've actually been through something at least not with a sincerity and and relatability Um,
1: well with not you can't you can't write about it with authority which is different you're writing about it theologically but not from authority and authority is it happens when we actually walk through it and something then shifts in our belief system and it's almost like it's it's tattooed for a better lack of word it's tattooed on our heart do you know what i mean it's a permanent yes. belief system that now is not yes. it, like it can't be removed it can't be shaken even when it is shaken do you know what i mean even when you find yourself in a situation you're going "Whoa, i feel rattled here like this one took my yes. breath away right like and you're going this is going to take me a minute. I, I need to sit down and I need to catch my breath that there's there's an assurance that I I have a confidence in who God says he is. I think there's even, what's that scripture? I think it's in 2 Corinthians. It talks about the assurance, like a, a confidence. Yes. Basically in who God is, which I just, I, I, I love so much. But yes, you're right. It's hard to write about. I couldn't have written this song when I was 20. No way.
0: No no because it's more of a theory and not necessarily reality yet. And then and then that word totally. good isn't always isn't always something people think they should be striving for. They think they're striving for great. And then I think what's interesting yes. is is God is both great and good and 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 what he's doing is he's working things out for our good in his yes. greatness. Is a little bit of what I've been Inspired by so other, <laughs> I won't say which ones they are, but a couple of the other artists mm-hmm. that have tackled this concept have also been closer to my age, which is in my forties, um, and they have also yeah. been hey, people who have 40 walked. In
2: December.
0: Right, exactly. They've been people who have walked through something versus kind of like like just singing about the promises of God without actually having walked through right. something. So just a couple other verses I think close out the the. Bible part of the conversation, and I think you've already given me the application. But um, also in Exodus, and this is a promise to Joshua, so it's about the promised land you talked about, yes. Um it says, then he said, so this is God saying, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion and that's an important understanding of God's goodness because he mm-hmm. um, is connecting, if you go to that Romans eight twenty eight 28 verse, that goodness right. and that compassion to your faithfulness. So there is definitely an equation there. Um,
2: yeah, always. Because
0: obviously, obviously Moses lost out on part of that promise because of his lack mm-hmm. of faithfulness. Um, even though he'd also yeah. shown faithfulness, and Joshua, um, from from our uh, knowledge of his walk before the Lord, um, mm-hmm. was rewarded for his faithfulness um, uh, mm-hmm. and his courage um, in in times of trials. And I think that's an important takeaway. You know, the other is that word "good" always makes me think of the description um, C.S. Lewis has of God as as Lamb, and he says He's not saved Yes, yeah. He's good, and yeah. And a lot of walking by faith and not by sight, about trusting in the unseen promises, about having that mm-hmm. Hebrews 11 definition of faith that you gave earlier. Uh, yep. And I've seen this personally. I've had a similar journey of what I thought God was directing me to, mm-hmm. and then I had to mm-hmm. step out in faith like Abraham, not knowing where I was going. And God had yeah. something better for me, and I just didn't yeah. know it at the time. But I could look back well, now on that, that crossroads and say, oh, God, you knew way better than I did. You knew the beginning before, right. <laughs> you know, you knew the ending he, before he I did. He knows the beginning. Um, yeah.
1: He does. And he's working yeah. from a holistic vantage point. You and I are only looking at it from a partial vantage point. So yeah, no, what I've no had doubt. to learn is, God, you see in full, I see in part. So I have to trust that what you're doing right now is based on the whole picture and not just the part that I see right now. You know, and talking about scriptures, one of my favorites that I've really talked about a lot with the song is Psalms 103, two through five. -hmm. It says, praise the Lord, um, my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. who satisfies your desires with good things so that your reward is like the eagles. and, I, I think for me, this song is, is such a, like, it's such a interesting, like it's a prophesying and remembering, right? Because yeah, something yeah. happens when we remember who God is and all the benefits that he's promised us and all the promises that are through his word. You know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I have oh, a yeah. hope and a future for you and it's not one to harm you, like it's plans to prosper you and not harm you, but to give you a hope and to give you a future. Or Deuteronomy thirty-one eight, do not be afraid. Do not. Or um, it says the Lord Himself uh, will go before you and be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You know, like. And I think there's something about remembering what God has said, which I think so much of this song is a little bit of that. It's trying. It's trying to force your soul to remember who God is, because. You know, most people don't do a lot of remembering when it's good. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like when everything's going great. Right, right, right. We remember some, like a little bit, but really when we need the remembering is when we are in the moment of God. When we're in that moment of going, crying out to God, going, I'm having a hard time seeing your goodness here. And I need to remember what you said. I need to remember those promises. I need to remember your word, which... Again, is why we have to be people that are willing to dig wells in God's word and in his presence for ourselves. Because if you're just
2: oh, yeah. taking Amen.
1: second-hand knowledge all the time from podcasts and pastors and this and that, when it comes time for your own season of needing to stand firm in the midst of a really difficult season, If you haven't dug that well for yourself, you're going to quickly run out of water and be grasping for someone else's water. And it's never going to fulfill you the way it will when you have spent the time digging into God's word and digging into his presence and getting that knowledge and that revelation of who he is first hand. It can't just be secondhand knowledge. I think That is one of the challenges I see in this generation is everything is secondhand knowledge and God isn't interested in having a relationship with me through someone else. He's interested in having a relationship directly with me directly with you directly with, you know, every single other person. Um, And I think that's such a huge part because I think so often if it's just secondhand knowledge, you find yourself in the middle of a really difficult situation and you're, you'll, you'll find your soul and your heart and your mind scrambling to remember or just not even remembering. What does God say? What does God promise me? I'm not so sure. I don't know. What does that person say? You know, it's not in your, it's not in your spirit the way that it could be.
0: Amen. And, and I feel like that. So my favorite, you brought up the Psalms and thank you for that. Um, Psalm 103, one of my favorites for sure. And, Two other psalms that say the word good, but they're they're my my favorite. David, my favorite songwriter is David, mm. and oh, and yeah, what he obviously. what he what he did in scripture, uh, I, I affectionately describe him as the first um, emo artist um, because he clearly <laughs> had he clearly had like this this heart that like would like go through something and then he processed oh. what he went through, and he would then have. And then he would have praises exactly. So it was like kind of this mix yep. of, and again, I'm um um I went to college in the 90s, and you know mm-hmm. bands like Weezer and Jimmy Eat World and, and these kinds of uh, artists kind of were releasing music that was like the start of that emo genre. But what connected to yep. me, and I wasn't just you know I wasn't a believer yet. Um I I found that direct connection of something I was walking through. And then I heard Jars of Clay in the mid-90s, and then that's why Mm. we're talking right now, because they appealed to me coming into basically breaking through the barrier of genre. Um, I would never have heard Christian music if Jars of Clay had not been on uh, and TV, exactly. So so I don't believe in genre, I never have. I just I believe either. in tr- truth, it's all truth. Right. And today's world is a little different, right? You can access music through streaming through YouTube and so on. So here's what David said, and this is again from a lived experience, I'm glad you said that, Versus secondhand. He said in Psalm 34, eight, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed the is, is good. the man who trusts in him. And again, trusting in the Lord is seeing that the Lord is good, even though he went through some pretty horrible stuff. He also says in Psalm 147, Psalm 147, and I think this is what your song is all about. Um, This is, again, the voice translation. It is good to sing praises to our God, for praise is beautiful and pleasant. And that's really what this song is. It's kind of got that psalmist. Um, what the record uh,
2: is I think really exactly exactly, right it's the
0: style (laughs) the style of you know praying out loud um, the promises of God which this song clearly is doing Uh, and I'd be remiss if I don't mention trusting in his word is an Isaiah 55 idea of the word of the Lord doesn't return void meaning when you sing back his promises to him, it doesn't return void, and that's a lot of well, what you're it, doing uh, And in the it
1: ignites song. faith. It ignites faith in us. Yeah. That's what it does. Like, there is an exchange. When I declare the promises of God, whether I'm reading them out loud through the word, whether I'm putting them in a song, whether I'm praying them, God's word, you're right, it doesn't return void. Therefore, I mean, his word, he is the living word. It is alive and active, a two-edged sword that cuts through bone and marrow it separates spirit and truth right so it it does the job that it's meant to do it actually ignites us with the truth of what God's word is and then our spirit begins to activate and come in alignment with that truth and it shuts down every other thought or every other feeling or every other you know emotion that is contrary to what is actually true of God because feelings can be true but they're not necessarily true I can feel like I've been abandoned but I'm not abandoned because God says I'll never leave you nor else will I forsake you I can feel weak but Jesus says in my weakness you are made strong like so it's a constant exchange of I can feel like one thing but that doesn't necessarily mean it's rooted in truth and we what we do is by declaring god's word is we we force our soul and we force our mind and our spirit and our heart to realign with what truth is and and you can't help but have faith and hope rise up in in your mind and in your body and your soul as you begin to do that um i'm going to give you a couple more scriptures you can use them or not but these were some that ones that were really important to us um Sure. was in psalms 145 uh it's in the niv um it just says the lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does and then to me numbers twenty three nineteen was um one that i've just always loved is that it says god is not a human that he would lie
2: mm. i think mm.
1: that's such a huge scripture that's so often yeah. Believers are not familiar with. Like our God is very clear; He doesn't lie, so what He says is true, and you can actually, and you can put all of your trust in what He says. Um, and then I love uh, the, There's one that just says, um, "Know for, um, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful. He is a faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations, who the uh, to a thousand generations of those who love Him." And keep his commandments, right? Like going back to what we were saying earlier about there's always this little bit of a hey, all this is true if you're doing this.
0: <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I, I love that. I um, thank you for the reminder about you know how God doesn't lie because you're right. That yeah. is the important promise um, relative to. A song like this, um, you know, when you're pointing people to God's word about you can trust it no matter what, and no matter right. what your defi- no matter what your definition is of um, uh, what you think God's promises should look like, because that's where we get a uh, pride gets in the way, to be honest. So you know, your earlier story, um, my earlier story about um, a promise we thought was going to come through and it didn't work out the way we thought. Honestly, when I look back on it, and you would probably say the same, it's sort of your own pride in sort of like something you thought maybe you could accomplish. And at the end of the day, what you start to realize the older you get is you get more humble, thankfully. I'm glad for that. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's been one of my prayers that I I would get more humble. And what I started to see is that's actually um, what God desires. Is, is humility and trust. Um, and you, you don't yeah. necessarily have that when you have that secondhand faith like you talked about. Because when you're secondhand and you're kind of like, well, somebody else is describing something and, yeah, it sounds interesting, but I'll just kind of do whatever. Um, that's mm-hmm. not walking with the Lord, clearly. So what I do like is, well, yes, you're right, the record is inspiring us to walk with the Lord um, and to trust Him. It, it is not... Yeah. Um, I, and you are song. you are being a good ambassador because you're not being second hand. You're actually being very firsthand.
2: Um
0: with with <laughs> well, these,
2: you know, with and, these
0: and, stories I, that's clear to me. that, I was, that these are real things. Yeah, stories. I
1: was forced. Yeah. I was forced into seasons of my life. Not forced, but I found myself in seasons and I had to come face to face with my own doubts, my like I said, my own fractures and thinking, my own the oh, my own lies or paradigms that I had bought into that were actually contrary to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And every time I had to see them and confront them, it also showed me why there was brokenness in my life or why there was lack of healing in certain areas of my heart or why there was, there were evidence of God's fruitfulness in an area of my life. And I had to sing, I literally had to sing over my soul what I didn't mm. believe, or what I what I was struggling to believe, or struggling to see, until something shifted, or I found myself in a season where that same process was happening, but but God was downloading to me the truth that needed to be to be um, planted in my heart, if that makes sense. Like not to get off on a response, oh, yeah, so well. but like love like this. Love Like This is a song that is literally birthed out of me having to ask someone for forgiveness, them offering me extravagantly generous forgiveness that I did not deserve in that particular situation, and me being overwhelmed with them offering me forgiveness that didn't come with consequence or punishment. And God downloading to me, I needed you to experience this so that we could settle in your heart forever that this is how I love you. This is how I've always loved you. I don't love you in a way that I just want to punish you every single time you mess up. Like, I'm actually a gracious God who offers you second chance after second chance. Now, God is a just God, so I'm not trying to paint a picture of that there is no consequences. But I only knew a, a poor, a guy was only filtering the gospel through punitive punishment. and God really wanted to show me where grace and mercy is a huge part of the gospel. That's the entire song of love like this. So I'm just saying my whole life over the last seven years has been this process of either me grabbing a promise, singing the promise until I can align my heart and my life with that promise and something, whatever lie I'm believing breaks, or it's been God coming in and just, Gently and lovingly destroying the lie and replacing it with the truth and having revelation. But you know, yeah, you're right. That's come through having real intimacy with Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. That's not come, like I was talking about earlier, because everything just felt good and I was on a mountaintop and everything was going beautifully. This has all been birthed in valleys. It's been birthed in heartache and disappointment, and I would do it all over again. Because in every right. one of those seasons, that's where the goodness of God showed up. That's,
2: that's well, where I, can that. I, started to
0: realize, I started to realize that's actually more of what God's upside-down kingdom is actually really about. Um, that, yeah. That, that <laughs> what is the false gospel actually is yep. mm-hmm. this idea of, of everything you ever wanted is going to happen because that I don't is actually see that enemy. anywhere in the Bible. <laughs> no, no, <Do> <laughs> but that is also the, the enemy's delusion. The enemy wants us to think that way. And then That's he wants right. us to because get discouraged. You, he exactly. he get discouraged when things don't go the way we want. And then that means we'll fall well, away from our faith. I, I know people like that. I know a person in right. my neighborhood who we're, we're friendly with, who I've tried to witness to. I've had success with her husband, mm. but not her, because her father mm. passed away from cancer. She's decided nope. she has she doesn't have faith, but I don't think she had faith before, right? The whole idea is, yeah. y- you don't decide. You don't have a fickle way of deciding, you know mm-hmm. what? How life is supposed to work. We don't get to decide that. That's actually the big takeaway. Well, um, is, I think is, is you be think, be vessel. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm just thinks- agreeing. That 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 yeah, really exactly. we we read in the scripture that actually bad things are going to happen, um, and that you're going to be well, specifically story, targeted as a believer, right?
1: I I I don't know a single story. I mean, I'm so sure there's there, but I'll just say this: the, the majority of the stories that we have literally read in the Word of God for thousands of years, right, that are the foundational stories of our faith. There isn't a story that I can remember that this is just a mountaintop, mountaintop, mountaintop. There is always trial and tribulation and loss and waiting and trusting and 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 then watching God do something profound in that situation that is miraculous or is supernatural. Like I that's the story, and I don't know why we think our lives are going to look different just because we're 2,000 years
0: past the Bible, like being written.
1: Like
2: the Well, same, it's
0: true I, and, I mean, and, you and, you know what it is. You kind of already touched on this. It's our sanitized uh, oh, yeah. online well, reality, which is, uh, oh, by the yeah. way, not reality. Um, that would be called right.
1: Well, um, and I was going to say, you know, I heard someone say yeah. this. Yes, and I heard someone say this yesterday, or I read this. It was a quote for a book that they, they just wrote, and they were talking about, as believers, I have an obligation to, to not build my life searching for my version of the truth,
2: mm, but mm. to
1: actually apply the truth to every poor part of my life and my thinking. And what we have done is we have created a, this acceptable perception of it's okay for me to have my own interpretation of the truth. No, actually it's not. Like Jesus has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. Like, so he, and if he also says, I am the word and the word was with me and I was the word, like, it's very clear that the Bible is the truth. And if we're not living our lives according to it, then we're not actually living out the truth. And then we can't expect for our life then to go according to how the truth promises our life should go. And then when it doesn't, be angry that it didn't happen and then blame God for it. And that's what you see. You see people that they, they get caught in disappointment. They get caught there in the enemy, just like in the garden. Nothing's new. What did he do? He played on a moment of weakness with Eve, and the entire premises of that sin was rooted in not trusting the nature of God was for her. Nothing is different. Literally, think about every single person that we know that isn't a believer or has walked away from their faith, when you really break it all down, it's always rooted in one moment where in their heart of hearts, they believe God wasn't for them and he didn't come through.
0: Yes, uh, amen. Uh, That is uh, the crisis I think we we sort of all face. And thank you for singing your way through uh, with with these kinds of promises, um, you know, your record is the type. Obviously, I dig into um, if 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 <laughs> you get any sense if you get any sense of, of where I'm coming from uh, as both a reviewer because well, you know you. I've written like seven I've written seven hundred reviews. Um, oh my uh, I, gosh,
2: I, Kevin, 10, that's so many. I write,
0: reviews. <laughs> exactly. I write top ten lists. I've written over a thousand song devotionals. Um, wow. You know, so I, I can that. tell. That's incredible. Yeah, if I can tell if something is is um, a songwriting workshop versus uh, um, coming out of a place uh, of faith. Uh, you know, everything's coming out of faith ideally, but maybe out of a place of, sure. of having actually lived out the words. I guess that's the difference in a nutshell. And, and so I'm writing these because the Lord took me through um, breaking my pride and helping me understand what humility and his upside down kingdom is based on. Uh-huh. And so I am looking for partnerships in doing these with people like yourself who also understand that at, at, a, at a deep level uh, and, and aren't. In Christian music, to sell Christian music, um, but are in Christian, <laughs> are in um, the ministry of the truth of the of of yeah. The, I, mean, I think uh, of what yeah, you're I saying, you and again, there there's sadly, and I you know you probably know this, right? You know, even your label, who's one of my favorite labels you know, if you trace it all the way up, there's plenty of non-people of faith making decisions um, that involve Christian music. Too many people that aren't of faith, that make decisions. And it's like, do we really want the enemy having like anything to do with, with the ministry of music? Like, I don't know, to me, I'm, I, I, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox about what has happened over the years. Um, it, it's very I hard. a
1: beautiful thing. It's, yeah it's this is what i do i will say to that though which is just like a sidebar as the way i approach it is i have all authority because jesus christ lives in me
0: and he's right, given absolutely. me all
1: authority so i can yeah. walk into a situation where someone might not be led by the spirit in a situation and i can walk into that room and go actually i have authority here i actually do know how to hear the voice of God. I do have discernment. I actually can lean in. I have a team of people in my life that I'm also going, hey, let's pray into this. Let's not just, and we, because, you know, the truth is we're always going to have to partner with the kings of this world. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. So, but I'm with you in the, the spirit of, I feel very fortunate that God didn't allow me to be an artist in my 20s um, and, and, and grow up that way, because I do think it would be very hard to not then approach this from a different perspective where I, God just kept me in a different lane. And so for me, like what has happened is this has become the way I've had to live my life. It just so happened that I also was a songwriter and a singer. And God was like, Well, now I'm going to allow your life to also spill over into this area versus it being this is my entire life and hopefully it spills a little over into my belief system. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and so for me, it's just been, it's been the other way around because the truth of the matter is, even if I didn't have a record deal, I would still, I was still writing these songs, right? Like I was writing these songs. And I didn't have a record deal. I didn't have a publishing deal. I wasn't trying to be an artist. I was genuinely writing these songs because I had to. But I just, I had to for my own life and my own journey. And I was fortunate enough that I was in a community of people that were also songwriters wanting to go after the same thing and serve our local church and just go. Some of these songs are never going to hear because they're just for me and my private time with Jesus and then some of them are going to go beyond that space and so I'm really grateful and I'm grateful for you that you're you are actually wanting to dig in because you know what the truth is I'm sure even for some of the people that you talk to that maybe this isn't the way they approach it maybe just even the fact that you're inviting them into the journey hopefully it presses on that place. And pushes them to maybe want to go deeper into why they're doing what they're doing, and why they're writing the songs that they're writing, and knowing that they have an opportunity to partner with the power of God, and it be more than just showing up to write a song so that it helps.
0: Build a uh, yeah, yeah, no, and again, table. there's 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 a yeah. place for may, maybe everything, um, but my biggest eye opener to that. Uh, was I when the Creation Festival? Because I live in Pennsylvania, so um, I've oh, gone okay. and been on site for the Creation Festival. I guess like ten out of fifteen years, like. But there was like a period of I think about eight straight years I was there every year, and I would camp and I would do about eighteen of these devotional interviews in person, you know, with the artist mm. um, there in, a, thankfully, an air conditioned. Uh, camper where Where you know i I would get to both get to do Bible studies and worship uh, with some really awesome you know live moments with big crowds, yeah. but also get these one on one fellowship opportunities with artists and dig deeper and get to know them and hang out and stuff like that, but then next to me, just just i 'm not going to say which which one it was there was a, a um, Christian radio station and the uh the wall was pretty thin so you could kinda hear the style of the interview and the artist would go from or, or after speaking with me about the scriptures and and their faith and their walks and they would then go and do an interview about who their favorite superhero was, um you know, what <laughs> type of food they liked, um
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, and and other very mundane Questions that had absolutely nothing to do with their ministry, and I thought I felt mostly terrible for these artists that they had Mm. to, with a smile, kind of play along and do this thing. And I'm thinking, but why? Why is this like promotion? How is this? How is this promotion? You know. So this is just Mm me, more off the record, saying one of the things I've been frustrated by is. This idea, because by the way, Christian media, like what's left? Like there is not really (laughs) anything other than like one company who owns all the radio stations, basically. That's it. Hmm. And then me. And then me. Like what else is left that's that's Christian media?
1: I don't know. I literally don't know anything about it. That's the truth. I'm learning as I'm going because I haven't been in this
2: space.
0: Exactly. So, the, so the do, the bottom line is, it can get very discouraging, you know. You because know, mm. when you do trace back the the parent companies uh, of even the the Nashville labels, by and large, they're secular um, parent mm. companies, at least. Um,
1: oh, oh yeah. When you, saying,
0: yes. Yes, and then when you look at like the business of Christian music, it's just mm. somewhat surfacey focused on ministry. Um, mm. uh, but really it's a lot about superheroes and, and, and you know, <laughs> like, like these, these like absolutely silly conversations. Again, I have plenty of silly conversations mm. with people, but not sure. about their art, not about their art. Like seriously, if yeah. I spent yeah. this entire interview just asking you a bunch of stupid um, pop culture questions, yeah, I would
2: be... what,
0: would that, what would that have to do with uh, a Bible study based on your, on your music. Well, I I guess my pastor,
1: I'm with you. My pastor did this interview the other day or she had a podcast and she was talking about how, you know, the great commission is we are to be witnesses, right? To Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is literally the great commission for every single person who professes to be a follower of Christ. And I love that she said, in order to be a witness, it means you have to have seen something. You actually have to have witnessed something with your own eyes, your own self, in order to recount the story and to tell the story. And she said, what we are required to do as believers is to actually have had a deep enough relationship with Jesus that we have a something to tell a witness to tell you know she's talking about you you don't get called into the court to tell the story if you weren't there you didn't right, see exactly. it if you weren't aware of it and I think to some degree there's a little bit of that in even what you're saying because you're going isn't our job here to be the witness of what Jesus has done to tell you the story of what he's done through our art through our jobs through our marriages, through our parenting, through everything, do everything unto the Lord. Like, and so I get what you're saying because obviously there's always space to be funny and tell stories and laugh oh, sure. and have joy. But at the end of the day, I'm with you and that the cry of my heart is, I, I don't want to offer people songs. Songs in and of itself have no real eternal power. What I want to offer people is a witness of what I have seen and tasted, and hopefully the revelation of that is locked up into these songs, and it's locked up into my life and the words that I speak and the interviews that I do and the moments that I get to be with people so that when they then are listening to the songs or encountering the story, that thing that got locked up, that witness, that revelation, it then is an encounter that they themselves can have. And then I can hand off yeah. to them. Otherwise, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't know what the point of it is. I would, I would really well, struggle.
0: Yeah, and obviously, since I've spoken, I now believe to everyone um, in Christian music. So, um, like, there's not really anyone left for me that I've never spoken to. So, <laughs> to the,
1: not know. <laughs> the,
0: the, right. So, the so the good news, the good news, and this is like the good news of Jesus Christ is. If you are a person of faith and you're recording songs that you want to send out to radio or whatever your, 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 your purpose is in doing it, and we have a discussion about God's word, I have not really had an artist who doesn't want to have that conversation. Um, mm. the, what I'm finding though is that, that there's less and less of people with my mindset left um, mm. in the in the industry um, and again I do think it's a little Ooh, bit to yeah, do with it. a little bit to do with um, just the way media is done now it's sort of visual mm. or it's it's pithy um, you mm-hmm. know or it's let me just blend in and maybe they won't realize this is a Christian artist um, and I've raised my three daughters, who are, you know, 20, 17, and 14, to not be that mm. way. Um, so mm. it's getting harder and harder to point to examples of artists I cover living the same way I've, I've raised them to live. Um, so thank mm. you, one, that you share my, my desire to live out your faith. You know, two, I imagine just from your talking of your your daughters, that you're trying to raise them in that same way. Um, yeah. And honestly, I actually think the biggest legacy of what you're doing is actually for the generation behind us just as much as it is I hope so. our own our own I generation really because, yeah, because that is actually the biggest trap. Um, you know, I'm a regular yeah. consumer of all music. I actually still mm-hmm. listen to what's popular on the main page of iTunes and it is vile.
2: Oh, It's me too. absolutely
0: vile. It's absolutely vile. And oh, exactly. there's, almost no, there's almost nothing left I can point to outside of artists of faith I
1: don't, it's really
0: as a, ro- a role model for my children.
2: Things,
0: yeah.
1: I was going to say, yeah. And even when someone does kind of like pop up and they are, what's so sad to me is typically within a matter of a year's time, like you see it change. You see right. a shift in what they compromise on, that's okay. And it just always makes me sad because I'm just like, man, there was a time in music, you didn't have to do that. Like, you could actually just make amazing music, and that was enough. And it's so changed now. Yeah, I'm talking about even within the mainstream. Um, but I do want to say this before we go. I, I don't really know much about the industry, to be honest with you. Like, I really haven't been in it while I've been around it.
2: Hmm.
1: god always kept me in in church local church ministry that's really where the bulk of my life has been even though i've lived in nashville and i've done you know things that were always near the industry i honestly just feel like the lord protected me if if, for lack of a better word from getting too deeply in it to understand it or know too much about it so i really do come in very uneducated maybe is the right word or just not knowing much and And I'll say what I see that's encouraging to me. I see a generation of of artists, and I can only speak to the artists that I know and I'm in relationship with, that maybe even you've known in previous years but God has done something and shifted something in the last couple of years where I do think that there is going to be a real clear divide in those that are, I am doing this for reasons that are tied to the heart of the kingdom. And I'm, I'm not about just giving you good songs. I'm actually about offering you a chance to have an encounter with the living God who actually can come and set you free from every bondage that you find yourself in, from every stronghold, from every lie, from every sickness and disease. And I, I think we're going to see a real clear line, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. of who is we doing are. it I, 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 well, and who I, isn't. I think, yes, I agree with you. So I'm actually noticing that change in a good way. Um,
2: yes. Some of yes. it
0: is a little bit of the, the movement to radio format of, of worship only, basically. Um, so there really is no rock anymore. There really isn't pop anymore. Um, mm. there, there's no hip-hop, really. In, you know what I mean? All that's really left is worship. So so mm. that is what it is. Um and that's good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Like, I have a 14-year-old girl. I, I actually like a Christian pop album from time to time so that she isn't looking yeah. to find it elsewhere. Um, so, right, exactly. So, so I'm kind of coming at that from, from both angles. And, for example, mm-hmm. um, Leanna Crawford's new EP yeah. is fantastic. Fantastic yeah, for my 14-year-old right. girl. So, so that's right. an example of somebody who's walking the walk, Singing great messages yep. for my daughter that I've introduced her to. Um, yeah. But yes, who here's who I compared your record to, <laughs> and I've interviewed all these people. Um, I <laughs> compared it to literally Bethel, uh, Amanda Cook, Christine DeMarco, Kim, Kim Walker-Smith. So these specifically are who I listed. Hey, and the reason I did you could not was, give me was, higher
1: compliments. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so I did that for a couple of reasons because you know there's a little bit of, and again I love Natalie Grant. Um, and there's a little bit of her in your in your art, I'd say. Yeah. And I've done yeah. 12 of these with her. I've done 12 of these with her. I reviewed her record not long after I re- reviewed yours. Um, oh, fun.
2: But, that's, but
0: that's, not exactly, that's not exactly what your songs are are
2: you know.
0: tailored to, in there's my opinion. There's definitely different so, yeah. Yes, but uh, um, I've done three of these with Christine, three of these with Amanda, three of these with Kim, and 22 with all the different Bethel artists, just so you know. Wow. And so, uh, these devotionals. So if I add those together, what is that? So nine and 22, 30, 31, with the, mm-hmm. that group mm-hmm. of four that I listed, right? So I was yeah. hearing something, in the way you were writing these songs, and even the way you were singing these songs, that were connecting me more to a group of women, primarily, primarily obviously, I was comparing you to, uh, who are, in mm-hmm. fact, worship leaders before they are artists. And in fact, none of them, I think, yeah. consider themselves artists for a variety of reasons. Yeah, They're actually I, all yeah, on the I fringes, the uh, honestly. Yeah, they're all really kind of on the fringes of this Christian music business. Yeah. Um, they're They're popular, they're known, but they're known yeah. first for their sincerity and their vibrant faith is really what they're known for not mm. their, their radio hits. The radio hits actually right. came later, which is, which is, in my opinion, like the ideal way to get there, right? If you're not trying for the radio, you're just trying to express yeah. your, your feelings of worship, then to me, then ideally people hear it because yeah, I mean, it's you have moving. to know,
1: Kevin, They're we did moves. not go yeah. into this record trying to make radio hits. That was never a right, whole thing. I can tell that.
0: Exactly. The yeah. only and, song. And that's, that that's we, better. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only song we had any intentionality with was P.C. Still, only because we knew that that song had never lived in the radio space. And something in our just spirit honestly was just like, I just feel like God's saying there's just another platform for that song that it's never reached. But to be honest with you, at the end of the day, for me, I was just like, God, I just want your anointing on the song. I don't really care past that because if your presence is on it and your anointing's on it, it'll end up where it needs to be. And if that's radio, that's great. And if it's not radio, that's great too. That's not the end goal for me. And the same with the rest of the record. We were very clear, Jonathan, Max, and myself, even with the the label, you know, we said, hey, we're going to go in and make a record that we, love and that we feel has the presence of God on it. And we're gonna trust that in doing that, God will provide you the label with what you need to go do what you need to do. But just, they knew from the get-go, like I was never gonna be this girl that makes records because I'm thinking about radio. And I'm really grateful for that because what what proved to be what I felt in my spirit has been true, that, that in the process of making the record, um, the label was able to come back and say, Hey, I actually, do, we do think we have a couple songs we can send to radio. Yeah. But that was never no, the no. And, and you know and, and what? Yeah. I know you, you know that. And I'm like, who like, we're sending promise keeper, you know, next. And I'm like, who knows what I'll do? I don't care. Like, I know, that sounds right. so funny. But that's just not. That's not the thing that motivates me. It's never going to be the thing that motivates me. And I'm, I think like what you said, because I didn't come into this place as an artist. I've come into this after 25 years of being in ministry and leading worship and caring about the church and the power of worship and what that can actually do in the presence of God. And so that's what I'm after. If God happens to take some of this into greater territory than like that, that's great. That's fantastic. But if it doesn't, it's not going to change what I'm
0: doing. I'm
1: still going to get up and do the. Yeah. <laughs> I no, no, no,
0: and that's the best way. <laughs> well, that's very orga- That's very organic. First off, and back to your your observation. No, you're absolutely right. There has actually been an improvement. So from when I started doing this in 2008 until now, mm-hmm. I've actually seen an improvement and almost a refining um, of being more bold in the testimonies of. Songs and less vague and actually I think that Mm. serves artists of faith better. That when I first started Mm. doing this, it was a little harder Mm. weirdly outside of maybe the absolute church anthem space um, Mm. to find songs that weren't almost purposely vague. That it could be a love song Mm. about uh, a spouse or it could be about God. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It was almost like written in a vague way on purpose. And what mm. I've started to find is no now saying the Lord's name in lyrics has actually become uh, popular again, but it did, it wasn't yeah. for a while. And so there is that's actually true. literally a, a time uh, and a time such as this um, that I think we're all walking in uh, a darkness. There is a darkness um, surrounding us and we do need to be light bearers. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's my take on that, and I know when I have different types of interviews, the people who are on fire with their faith and the people who are not, unfortunately. Um, and and sadly, um, the kingdom is big enough because God does want all of us. We're all invited um, that mm-hmm. I think the more bold you are, the more other bold believers we can have around us. And then back to what oh, do I totally. want? totally. Uh, that generation behind us to have, I want them to have a boldness in their faith. Um, It's the generation generation between us as well, by the way. There's there's our children, and then there's that whole batch in between Uh who are are getting more and more, Uh, they're getting more and more lost, by the way. They are like a very lost generation. And
2: um, they're they're also
0: somebody, I, I pray over that group a lot. Yeah. Well, I do feel very
1: passionate about being vocal about this process and this journey that I'm in of doing music in this platform of a of really really talking a lot about my identity is not in this and I actually believe that God was like that I had to be on a 20 year long journey before this season because my identity would have been in this and there has we I just feel such an obligation to Explain to the generation coming behind us, and like you said, and even some that are in the same generation now, of like you, God is very jealous to be the thing that is your first love. And if He's not your first Mm. love, this will quickly become your first love and it will destroy your life. And we have done a terrible job of, of giving you a model for many years that this was what you should be the most passionate about, making your gifts known to the world. That is not what we are called to do. We are called to make Jesus known, make Jesus seen and to be really comfortable with not getting the glory, be really comfortable with not having to be known and seen in order to have value and identity so that if God ever does highlight, um, Your life, or gives you a platform that is more seen. You can walk in it with fear and trembling, and humility, and a sense of knowing, like this is about Jesus and making His glory known, not about me getting the glory. And we've that's really been upside down for a really long time, especially in the church. And it's it's okay that that's upside down in the world. They don't know better. They that that's okay for a non-believer. It's not okay for a believer. And we have to see this thing flip itself upside down in order, like you said, for us to become light in the middle of a culture that's just getting darker and darker. Because how cool is it, like for someone like me, to be able to say, like, I don't make any sense in the natural on the path of what people would say will lead you to a successful career. I did everything opposite of what would be right. the tra- tra- traditional trajectory. And yet God orchest- has orchestrated my steps and he's getting all the glory. I'm not getting, like, yeah. I can't even try to take glory. There's no way I could try. None of my story makes any sense. The The order of it, the timing of it, none of it. And that's what makes it the most beautiful. It's because I, you can look at it and go like, Actually, like this has really been a God thing, and it's my job to steward that well. And while the way I'll steward it well is by making Him known, not worrying about making myself known. Um, and I think yeah, we am- just have to, Amen. you know. So.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, so no, thank you. It's always, always, always such a pleasure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm glad. Well, one, I'm really grateful. <laughs> Um, to hear your heart, um, because obviously, one of the things that I try to capture um, as best I can is the heart of the artist in both my reviews and my devotionals. Um, so, the more I get to know that, the better I, I can also be a steward uh, of that. Um, and that's obviously mm-hmm. a responsibility that I don't take lightly. And then, you know, the other thing is I'm being a steward of God's word, right? So, that is like right. the absolute um, biggest aspect. Uh, of of what I'm doing, which is, um, you know, I'm a deacon at my church, and my pastor uh, preached recently um, in in James. He's he's doing the book of James right now, and there's you know this idea of we're we're called to a higher calling when we are preaching mm-hmm. the word of God, and and we have Oof. a seriousness to back. that, and there is and there is a, a real. Um, um, responsibility we have connected to that that we cannot, um, you know, take lightly. We we really do need to, um, you know, make make it clear uh, that that we're just being messengers. You know, like he must he must increase, I must decrease. So John three thirty is actually my uh, life verse for these devotionals
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: because what I rea- what I realized in doing this is. If I get completely out of the way, and you'll notice when I write this up, there's almost nothing of me in that whole devotional. It, mm-hmm. Like, we had a lot of conversation. I said a lot of stuff to you. But as far as readers know, I said almost nothing. It's like I asked you three generic questions. But you know that's actually not what I did at all. And right. that, that's, that's me literally removing myself to put the spotlight on God's word. Um, because that, at the end of the day, is my ministry. It's not for me to become famous. Um, I don't. I don't care if anybody knows who I am at all. In fact, nobody really does know who yeah. I am. Um, so, yeah. so that's the that's the best part, right? Like I'm just uh, getting yeah. to be a steward um, of God's word and sharing God's word in connection to the truth of of songs and Christian music, and all you know is the name of the series is behind the song with and has my name in it. And that's it. That's all you know. Um, But, but apparently that um, faithfulness, which is what I continue to pray over doing this, has me cited like 1400 times in Wikipedia. Um,
1: Wow. That's
0: cool. And, and, (laughs) and the Lord has blessed me to do over a thousand of these. And, Wow. Pretty much anyone I want to talk to, I can talk to um, because I've been faithful. That's all. It, it's nothing about me. Yeah. It's literally because yeah. it's not about me. That's, actually, that's right. actually the answer. So my encouragement to you is that if you keep that kind of humility, um, what I've seen is that the Lord will uh, do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or imagine. And yeah. that is his promise in Ephesians that I also cling to that wow, when I get out of the way and I let the Lord take over, wow, does he have so, so much, much greater for us than, than anything so we could better. come up with, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So that's my encouragement to you as a new artist, as Thank you have you. a second song, as a second song going out, and as yeah. maybe eventually things move towards more of a traditional Christian artist uh, life. Maybe it's actually a blessing to you in a pandemic because it's not traditional, yeah, I imagine. I
1: you know what's so uh, funny? I mean, we've, it's not. It's not traditional. And I, this is going to sound weird, but, like, when we started out on this journey, like, I was i was really expressed great concern to my label. You know, I was like, I'm married. I, I've been married for 15 years. I have two daughters. They are 9 and 11. I come both sides of my family. There's only divorce. So I don't have, like, this lineage of really healthy, strong marriages. And I said to my label, I said, I have I've committed in my life that having a healthy marriage and having a healthy family outside of loving Jesus and, and honestly making him known, this is this is it. This is the highest goal for me. Music is secondary. It's 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 and it's not a it's not a price I'm willing to pay if it's at the cost of my family. And I said, and and one of those things that can get tricky is the traveling and the just being gone all the time. I was like, I don't think it's healthy. I do not think it's healthy. I will be the first to say that. I think when people are traveling nonstop and they are away from their families, they're away from their community, they're away from serving in their local churches, it is a recipe for disaster when that is what is taking up the bulk of your life. And I was just honest with them. I said, I have yet to see someone do it all the time, and it be healthy. And I'm not Uh, willing to. So
0: sadly, because of how long I've been doing this, yes, I've actually seen that side of it as well, 100%. Right. Um, And
1: and so that was my greatest concern coming into this. And I just remember like my husband and I my manager, us just really praying because my manager has been in this for a long time, long before I was and he has seen the same thing. And he both him and I were going how do we say yes to what god's asking us to do but not at the cost of our families? how do we do this different like legitimately how are we going to do this different but still have to be good stewards of the business of it and i will tell and you we don't have coronavirus yeah
2: there you go
1: we don't have answer yet <laughs> but i'm telling you the craziestness of of the coronavirus happening right. i did not have to do a radio tour i did not have right, to tour exactly. i didn't have to travel And I know that there is a side of that that has been devastating for people financially. So I don't want to
2: paint this
1: like. But I will just say, for me and the journey that I'm on, it's been a gift. It's been like a really personal gift from the Lord where I felt like God was like, not that he's playing the pandemic or by any means. I'm not saying that.
2: But then the Lord was like,
1: hey, I know your heart. And I'm going to carve out a way for you to do this that isn't traditional, but you're going to have to be willing to stay tethered to me and be really sensitive to what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Because the truth is like I could, I could get caught up in all of the, well, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, da, 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 you know what I mean? Versus I looked at it and I went, this is a gift. This is a gift that I don't have to travel. This is playing into the thing that we actually have longed for and desired. So, Again, another one of those yeah. odd things. Like, who doesn't? Who's a first-time right. artist with a first-time song who doesn't go on a radio tour, and everybody gets behind the song? That's that's contrary, right, to what we're. Yeah, totally. To
0: that's that's God confounding the wise. Yes, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, and actually, and so, know, to know, be I, fair, you we, I am a play MPE, um, you know, media person. So I did get sent your music. Uh, and the three songs that they were promoting, and Promise Keeper was one of the three, you know, in advance yeah. of the record. And and it did actually right. help me know who you're, you're, you were and me hear right. some, something enough in advance to incorporate you into my schedule because I only have mm. so much capacity as well. So that's also God working sure. outside sure. of the, the norm of the normal oh. promotional way, which is, you know, yep. your label purchasing a big package with us, uh, which I think you do actually, just so you know. Um, I think there is a splash, uh, a widget, as they say, uh, of your record sure. uh, uh, on our side panel right now. So there you go. That's good. Um, that's cool.
2: What's you know, but there's, there's you know, that, there is a But in the,
0: it, it. Right, exactly. So that's one side of things. But the other side of it, honestly, is really just getting your story out there. And then that's what I've been called to do. So, no, I, I well, really appreciate you. it. I'm really actually glad to hear you consider that a blessing because I've actually been looking for the things that God's trying to teach us in the, these moments, and I think that yeah. is one of them, actually. Um, yeah. And, and make us I, be more appreciative of our families, of our family time, um, make the most of that yeah. time. Because, you know, the, one of the saddest things I read in secular periodicals is the rise in divorce in the pandemic, um, because oh, less it's,
1: it's unreal.
0: Families are seeing they really had nothing in common. That they were just more going off doing their own thing, and now being together is actually making it worse. Um, and it's like, wow, like that's clearly not a biblical marriage, you know? Like so, it's like it's really sad, sad when you you see stories like that. But but there is that side of it. I'm I'm aware of that, and yes, I'm well aware. Again, as I mentioned, sitting at a Christian Music Festival for four days, um, and, and seeing things like that, and I go to Winter Jam every year, just so you, know, um, you know, there's all of these types of things that do remove people from their families for extended amounts of time, and, and these are not healthy things um, for yeah. families. Yeah,
1: and I, and I would say, at, I don't, at all. it's not just our genre, any, any profession that I think, yes, you know, all. keeps you away from your family years you know even the military they have the highest divorce rate that there is like and it's this tricky thing because right obviously they are laying down their lives and they're serving their country which like obviously that's a biblical principle to lay your life down for someone else but it does have it comes at a really high cost like a really high cost and you know we obviously don't ever want to elevate you know that family is the only thing, because obviously Jesus is always the thing. Um, but family should be next. It really, it, it should be. I mean, he's very clear about in those words that leaders should have a healthy family. Um, and I think, yeah, it, one of my hopes and my desires is that across the board, every genre, but hopefully especially the genre that I'm in um, of music, that maybe people will rethink how we've, the expectations that we've put on artists and maybe look at them differently and go is there a better way is there a different way is there a a way that people can still do what they feel called to do but maybe not at, at the cost of their families to the degree that it has been for so many years i think that would be a really positive uh, thing that comes out of all of this
0: so one of your label mates um has that philosophy uh one of my one of who's become one of my best friends in in Christian music uh, as an artist uh, is Josh Havens from The Afters, and oh. he has he has told me um, they only will do like two day uh, concert um,
2: mm-hmm. Friday
0: Saturday I get it and be home for church every Sunday and they will only do yeah. like twenty of those a year so they'll basically do like 10 Friday, Saturdays, they always just travel as, as uh, married guys together
2: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, and always make it back to be home for Sunday worship uh, I, at their home church. I get it. And, and I have been so um, supportive of that and, and I was fortunate yeah. to just get to hang with those guys. Last August, they came to my um, community and we got to spend the oh, day together awesome you know, I got to do one of these devotional interviews in person and then got to take my daughters with me and worship with them. And like, I just thought, wow, that's exactly that right blend, right? Like they've had quite a few radio hits, you know, they obviously, they they put on a, they put on a great live show, but they're not forsaking what's most important to try to be the biggest Christian band in the world. They're perfectly Mm -hmm. fine with what God's uh, um, providing with those limitations. Yep. And yep. and to me, they're walking exactly that walk you're talking about. So I would say if you're looking for an example, um, the afters on your same label are a, are <laughs> I a great example. have it right example. here on my label. <laughs> yeah, they have it right I mean, That's literally, awesome. I, I have walked with those guys for since 2008 till now, right? Like I've been doing these interviews with them for all of this yeah. time. And they are really some of the best biblical examples uh, of exactly that, um, what you're, you're also desiring. So, so I mean, there's others I could name, but I think they were a pretty easy one for me to point to for you. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with me, I, I love that.
0: Yeah, exactly, because they, they're not doing festivals, they're not traveling and being away right. from their families and their kids for weeks at a time or months at a time they're just being very like mm-hmm. targeted right and so it makes me want to like bring mm-hmm. them to my church you know and we'll pay them what we need to to bring them because i know it would be an amazing night of ministry and get them back to their home church in time to be with their family yeah. so so That's keep, really keep that in mind too if you when you do yeah, travel I, love that. Um, I i go to um, a calvary chapel in uh, northern suburbs oh, yeah. of philadelphia sanctuary and i have brought i think 16 artists to my church uh oh my in the last
1: gosh. well i would,
0: 10 I would years. um it's, so that's and there are often people like yourself yeah. who don't need a, a lot of a band or anything <laughs> you know maybe you need mm-hmm. one other person with you or whatever um and then we make it happen so
1: yeah no we we obviously you know we'll do some traveling i'm not anti traveling but yeah it is it's just trying to figure out how do we be really strategic how do we set boundaries in place from the very beginning and then you build within those boundaries instead of building, 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 building and then like going, oh gosh, we need boundaries but now I don't know where to put them, um, you know, and that's kind of what we're doing and I, I'm grateful because we have had so much more time than, you know, you typically would have for us because of the pandemic to kind of just really slowly go, okay, what what could this look like? What should this look like? What do we want to do? What do we not want to do? And yeah, so it'll be a journey and you know, we're trying to figure out when I do travel, you know, my desire would be to bring my kids as much as I can without disrupting exactly. their lives too much as well. So yeah,
0: it'll be it'll be a journey
1: <laughs> to navigate for sure. But
0: Well, so um, so here's well, an example. One of my other best friends in the industry is um Sarah Groves and her husband Troy. So another label made of yours, how about that? Oh yeah. Um I and so, I never so met Sarah. and so when I've brought Sarah Groves into my church, she comes in a, in a bus with her husband and her kids.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, that's like my dream. And
0: exactly, and we put them up at a hotel. You know, we feed them and we hang out and then we have a night of ministry, but it is literally a family affair. Um, and, I love that. And I, and I booked it through Troy. Like I I didn't have to go through like some third party and then some oh, fourth yeah. party and then everybody getting their cut um of it all it was <laughs> it was like it was like me just going right to her and her husband and going we want to hey, you and bring you to our our church um so i'm doing that yeah. same thing directly with jason, jason gray um in uh, november um that'll be okay, actually cool. the third time i've had i've had him at our church and uh yeah so that's kind of more how oh, you
1: can always like, I go it about it me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, same on my end. If you are traveling through that um, northeastern area, Philadelphia area, and you're like looking, like yeah. some some artists just reach out to me and go, where should I get a cheesesteak? That type of thing. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So my 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 email is very easy to remember. It's Kevin Davis at so that's probably yes, the easiest thing. That's probably for you easy to remember. To remember. <laughs> so so yeah, so um, thank you. It was always a pleasure to thank uh, you. to know you better. Um, again, do keep that in mind, you know, when and if you are like, hey, is there a church who would like to have us lead worship sometime? Uh, and maybe do like a night of ministry. Really our format is sort of what we've done, which is almost like a story, like a VH one behind the song um kind of oh, I love ministry
1: love
0: that. that's night. cool uh in fact i my favorite ever of one of those um I, obviously christian artists don't aren't on that but um john mellencamp yeah. did a a VH1 behind oh. the song that i still have on dvd and it was like oh, one of my all time favorites. That series yeah it was so awesome it um, was amazing because because you know like for example all of his songs have a richness to like where he was coming from and writing them. Mm-hmm. And so he just, you know, like sat on a stool and told you the story and then invited you, the audience, to join in with him. And then there was this really cool moment. I've always wanted to live this I did get to live this moment for my fortieth my birthday actually. Um, he invited Hello. a fan to come up with him and sing Pink Houses. And and I remember like how awesome that was. So Um, they're one of your former label mates. Um, There's a band called Voda. Um, They're from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. They were called Casting Pearls. They had to change their name to Voda because of Captain Crowns. And they were on um, Fairtrade. Uh, They were on Fairtrade. Brian, the lead singer, also was in the Nude Voice for two records. Um, So he actually wrote some songs with them, was their guitarist when Jody got injured. And and then... um, and then form his own band. And so for my 40th birthday, my wife booked uh, a backyard concert with Voda. And, yeah. and we had a bunch of our friends, like a hundred people over, and we had them on my back patio. And part of my sponsorship package um, was I got to sing a song with the band. <laughs> so I actually got to sort of do that, that VH1 uh, behind the music moment. So they have a love song called Be Mine. And I got to go up on stage with them and sing Be Mine to my wife. So that was pretty cool. Mm, um, that is
1: so cool. And,
0: uh, so, so yes, yeah, so I have gotten to a little bit live out that dream. It wasn't quite the same as singing, you know, Pink Houses with John Mellencamp, which I would have absolutely <laughs> loved, but, uh, <laughs> like a
2: close second. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but this
0: was a close second, and it was in my backyard, so that's pretty awesome. So, so oh, yeah, so, really um, cool, and that's, as an aside, I mentioned I've had 16 artists to my church. I actually have had, Six artists in either my backyard or my basement. Um, so oh my I've also booked a bunch of I've also booked a bunch of house concerts. Um, I've had uh, Carrie Roberts. I've had Holly Starr. You know, kind of like the the singers who either never had a label or got dropped from their label. Um, trust oh, yeah. me, sadly, there's a long list of former signed artists that are out there um, mm. who I have maintained connections with and one and bless them too um because yeah, it is a um, i mean i was told a lot of the artists that were on provident if you don't sell two hundred fifty thousand copies of your first record they drop you and oh, what?
1: I mean, how would you I mean, even they, do that then,
0: now well exactly and basically all of them got dropped after one record <laughs> so mm. it's like, um you know they're down to basically casting crowds like like who do they have left at this point? Um, So, uh, you know, that's where it gets sad. You know, like there's a lot of this this great talent that kind of comes through Mm -hmm. and then they don't hit their sales metrics and then boom, they're done. Um, So that's that's the harsh side of things, yeah.
1: Right, yeah, wow. Well, Kevin, this is an amazing, I have to run. I have another um, thing I have to jump into, but yeah, thank you thanks, so much thanks. for your time today. This is so lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah, great to meet you again, and um, all the best and God bless, and I will yes, get this up. Same. In fact, Hopefully you we'll inspired me to, to do this in December as almost like a pre-Christmas, because uh, I think this song has a little bit of a Christmas connection to it as well, So, so stay oh, tuned. I You'll like see what that. I'll do with it. Yeah. Okay, that's So cool. I will uh, uh, well,
2: thank I'll let you your so your much. publicist
0: and label know when it posts. Yeah, you're welcome. And and uh yeah, God bless you and your family.
1: Same to you. And happy Thanks happy early Thanksgiving, since I know that's Robin.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> you <too>. All, <laughs> All right,
1: right. Take care. Talk to
2: you later. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.